0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. It's me, Liz Loza, and I am joined as I am on every Sunday night by Matt Harmon and Scott Pianowski. It's week 16 and we are celebrating. Even if we don't win, we're celebrating.
0: It's good that we're here finally at the finish line.
1: Woo! You got oxygen on your on your mouth. I feel like Linval Joseph after that touchdown run <laughs> earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, it's exhausting. Uh, the NFL season is it, it's the shortest, I feel like, of all the sports, but it definitely feels like the longest. Um, there's just so much that happens. There's so much information that smacks you in the face on a week-to-week basis. Yes. But I don't think anybody really cares about our struggles here.
2: No, but it's, it's such a visceral game, right? I mean, most of what happens happens in a six-hour segment. Uh, you know, it condensed 80 to 90% of the week is in that six hours. And, you know, you have highs, you have lows, you have all sorts of penalties and reviews. Your team looks great. Your team looks like trash. And, um, you know, if you get a couple of breaks, then, um, you're happy now, but you know, one guy wins a league or one girl wins a league and everybody else has a story. It's still a lot of fun, but you know, there's a lot of ebb and flow along the way.
1: Indeed. So we should, I think, look, at today's and Saturday's, well, mostly today's slate of games, and think about what the headlines might be tomorrow. <laughs>
0: well, I, I'll, I'll <laughs> That makes me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i'll start with my headline and it came to me right away as soon as brett asked asked for it because it had me thinking and as i'm watching twitter you know melt down over this uh my headline is cj anderson adds another layer another ba- he created another battlefield in the great war of do running backs matter um as we know cj anderson Comes in, I I believe this was the most yards he's ever rushed for today um, with the Los Angeles Rams. I think that's accurate. But um, comes in off the street. I mean, he gets signed on frickin' Monday. It's the third third damn team he's played for all year. He comes in and has an unbelievable game. Obviously, in a good matchup, of course, uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, The Rams were controlling that game throughout. But, I mean, it was great to see... You know, running backs don't matter. Twitter and CJ Anderson is actually very good Twitter, like try to stumble over each other on their way to running a victory lap. It was incredible. I mean, I could care less whether you got I said this to you, Liz, earlier today. Like I had no conviction about which one of these backs, you know, in the L.A. Rams backfield who I would have rather had. Uh, It does not matter to me who you picked before the game. But I mean, coming out of this game there's going to i think there's going to be a lot of talk about plug and like, play yeah plug, the plug and play nature of the running back position and look i i get it because you know i had some i tweeted about this a little bit and had somebody come back and say you know you just can't you know it's it's not it's not as replaceable as people make it out to me i'm like N- i get it. i'm not full on running backs don't matter that's not my thing but we do have just A considerable amount of evidence now, I'd say at this point, that if you have a good ecosystem around the running back position, whether you're Pittsburgh, you're the L.A. Rams, you're the L.A. Chargers to some degree, you're the you're the Kansas City Chiefs. All of these teams have cycled out their top running backs and had, you know, a bunch of jabronis come in and give them pretty good production. We need
1: more than one game to make a sample size. Also, part of this has to do with depth and fresh legs. So isn't the answer then? Sure. Todd Gurley, I believe his talent is game changing, Mm -hmm. but maybe have depth behind him that you're comfortable with. And I did have strong convictions about John Kelly having a better shot at touches over CJ Anderson. And now I'm I have paused because I'm worried that they aren't as confident in him.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. This was, was actually C.J. Anderson's second highest rushing yards of his of his career. But to your point, see there's nobody fresher than C.J. Anderson because right. he was doing nothing <laughs> in Carolina. I mean, he, he was doing nothing to the point where he actually asked the team, "Please, just release me," because you know, freaking Christian McCaffrey's playing playing 100 percent of the snaps. I'm not not even doing anything. Um, and then he
2: was in Oakland for like 15 seconds, yeah, right? I mean, had a cup
0: of coffee there, yeah, and then he rode bounced. the bike, yeah, did and, a couple of
1: peloton seconds, and
0: they were like, "All right, that's enough of that." I agree with you in a sense because like I said I'm not full on like just running backs don't matter or anything like that I just I just think the position is very replaceable and if I was personally running an NFL team which breaking news I'm not I would think long and hard about whether I wanted to invest a top five pick in running back whether especially whether I'd want to pay them on a second contract because again we consistently see that Pittsburgh's able to run out guys and get good production. You know, if you have a good ecosystem. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you have a good ecosystem around your running back and you build that up, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to do anything but just cycle it a bunch of guys who, you know, is the gap gap production-wise really worth the extra squeeze there? I don't know.
2: Baltimore's found guys out of nowhere the last couple of years. Um, You know, Gus Edwards was on nobody's uh, cheat sheet a few weeks ago. And then, you know, last year they took one of Seattle's rejects. Interesting to me about Anderson, I I was leaning towards Kelly only because I put a little bit of stock and I guess this was a mistake. I know running back is a position you can amp up really quickly, you know, plug and play. But I thought maybe the fact that Kelly had been with the offense, it is a Sean McVay offense. I thought that would speak to him at least being maybe first in line or them trusting him in some packages. But we know, look, you couldn't bring in a quarterback the week of the game and expect that much or receiver or tight end. Yet running back is the one position where you have a puncher's chance because they just teams run the same plays, the same running plays. And Anderson is a a veteran back. So I understated what his ability, what his workload could be, maybe what kind of shape he was in, and how familiar he could be with this offense. And so I apologize for that. But, you know, this was a week where transition to my headline. um, Jamal Williams and Elijah McGuire both went ham. It was kind of a wedding game with the Jets and the Packers, that overtime game, that glorious 82-point game. Something old, Aaron Rodgers. Something new, Sam Darnold. Something borrowed. Jamal Williams borrowed the starting job from, <laughs> from Jones out for the year. And something, well, I guess the Jets are green. They're not blue. But Jamal Williams and Elijah McGuire were great fantasy plays because you could get to projectable volume for them before the game. We knew. In fact, Williams was the only Packer running back who had a carry in this game. And he was actually sniped a little bit by Rodgers, who had two unusual rushing touchdowns. But still, Williams had a great game. It looked really spry, too. What a wonderful run around the left end for that touchdown. I thought he ran with power decisiveness the best i've seen him look in a while mcguire he wasn't maybe that efficient per play but i mean he was active in the passing game he he played in all packages he dominated the touches from the backfield so much of fantasy is opportunity so much of it is who's going to touch the ball and if you can get to those things before the game if you have a very plausible case for running back touching it 15 or 20 times sorry the alfred blue thing didn't work out today which i I thought was a reasonable not, not a maybe um proactive play but certainly something you could have gone to but I think a lot of people are going to have Williams and McGuire on the championship teams. Because Remember, too, with Williams into the waiver pool this week, the only people who were bidding on him were probably the people in the championship game. So, you know, I felt lucky to get him in one league where I'm going to win because it was me or the other guy. I happened to get him in one game where I'm getting trampled My Clay got him and I didn't. But um, again, if you can get the projectable volume beforehand with a running back who looks pretty good. Um, that that's fantasy gold and, you know, get it, give it up to Sam Darnold. You know, a lot of people have been saying all season, Oh, you know, Barkley, you generational talent and you know, the, the jets whiffed on Darnold. What are they doing? Darnold's been hurt. He's had some bad games. He's looked really good the last two weeks against a solid Houston team. You know, green Bay's not any good, but I thought Darnold looked great today. And if we were redrafting, I, I think he's the guy who goes before Barkley as wonderful as Barkley is just to piggyback Matt's point. That's not a position I would prioritize or, or throw heavy draft capital towards. I think Bark is about as good, of, a, good a hit you could have at that position. And where are the Giants? They stink anyway.
0: Yeah, a couple of things in this game, which there are a lot of things come out of it. One, Scott, I know this is something you always like to harp on. But, uh, you know, this this was like everybody's favorite sleeper uh, hit in this game. You know, people love Jamal Williams. Hit. Elijah Maguire. Everybody loved him. Hit. Robbie Anderson, everybody loved Robbie Anderson, hit. So great to see that uh, actually work out for us every now and again. I I thought, too, coming ESB, hit. ESB, hit. Uh, Like, and if you're a dumbass like me and you drafted Jamal Williams on all your best ball teams back in the seventh (laughs) round, (laughs) hey, finally, we got something good out of it. But I I love your point about Darnold, and I'm going to write about this in my piece tonight. Not only is it great to see Darnold, who I think is going to be very good, you know, start to establish himself— It's also worth noting, like you said, he came off a terrible four game stretch before these last two games when he's looked pretty good. And I was talking about this with Patrick Claybon the other night, uh, my friend from NFL Network, that you know people are really out there rushing to judgment on Lamar Jackson about him as a passer, and oh, he's he'll never be able to do it. And I just think it's worth remembering that I just am over like this rush to judgment with rookie quarterback thing, like. Sam Donald's looking very good right now. He's looking like the exact right pick that he has been all along. And I I want, I would love to see some of that same patience thrown to other quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or, or Mitchell Trubisky to a certain extent earlier in the year.
1: Well, if processing speed is a piece of a scouting report coming out of college, that shouldn't it also be a consideration in a rookie's year? Because that to me isn't just about processing speed, isn't just about Looking beyond your first read and seeing what the defense is giving you, but also how quickly the game slows down for you. And we talked on the Twitch show we did earlier today about how Sam Darnold's anticipation has really Mm -hmm. shown through over the past couple of games and how everything does seem to be that that magical slowing down that quarterbacks always talk about is Coming into view for him.
0: And for some, and it comes at a different pace for all of these guys. I mean, for Baker Mayfield, I felt like it came very, mm-hmm. very quickly. He looks like a natural back there, and he has, per, I think, pretty much since we saw him on the NFL field. With Lamar Jackson specifically, he's a tough one for me because there's no, obviously, like, I think it goes without saying that what they're doing with him right now is not. Sustainable. He can't run like he is right now and not get clobbered at some point. However, he's such a I think he's the best running quarterback I've seen ever. I, I think he's an unbelievable. Even more than Vic? Maybe even more than Vic. I don't know. I, Vic was just on the fringe of like when I was really coming in. He's to,
1: skinnier than Vic, isn't he?
0: He's a t- he's taller, Vic but was skinny I skinny too. Though Vic, I always was
2: worried every hit yeah, Vic Vic was, was going to be his last.
0: I mean, he's like I said, he's such a dazzling runner. Like mm-hmm. every time he takes off, I just think he's. I think he is very decisive to be like, okay, it's not there, take off, and you gain yards, and that's that's overall, it's it's good for the team. It's good for the team to him to run like that. So uh, to me, I'm I'm very back and forth with with Lamar about where I feel like he will be, whether he ever will hit that point of, is he going to slow down? But I would just love us to extend the guy, you know, five games into starting his NFL career a, a little bit of patience here, especially since everything is working right now.
1: Well, hot takes proves supreme, especially in as you know, age of social media. So I, I want to get to my my point because I want to talk about Nick Chubb, a player, smash and dash in Georgia, right? There were so many good things said about him. He looked so great, had that devastating knee injury, and then every Everybody said, "Meh, that's it. That's it. It's over. He's never going to come back." He went ahead and crushed the combine. No, it's this like first take lock that people refuse to move away from, yeah. right? Like, nope. I saw that knee injury. It looked really bad. I say he can't be better. He was not better. Oh well, he did crush the combine. But you know what? The combine doesn't matter. It doesn't. It matters in these instances that I'm talking about, but not this particular instance because I made a lock on this take, you know, months and months ago, and then. Um, well, if he was that great, then uh, why, is he, why is Carlos Hyde running ahead of him? And Hugh Jackson buried him. You talked about this. I saw you tweeting, Scott. Uh, Hugh Jackson buried him. But since Freddie Kitchens has taken over, Nick Chubb has averaged 115 yards per game. That was in week nine. I don't think he saw more than three touches until week seven. And today he set a new Browns rookie rushing record with 112 yards on 19 attempts. My prediction, and this is tomorrow's headline, Nick Chubb will be a top 10 fantasy running back in 2019.
2: I love that. I agree. You know, Hugh Jackson thought maybe Baker Mayfield should sit up the whole season. He didn't take a first team rep. Mayfield didn't in in the summer, which (laughs) sounds silly. And you see some of the games Chubb had what do you have, like three touches against Oakland, but two of them were long runs? I mean, you know, he was just jumping out of the box and they couldn't find touches for him mercifully. Hugh Jackson sent away, of course, sent to the Bengals to infect them for a while. <laughs> sent
1: away it's just, two hours away. It's just, Yeah,
2: <laughs> sent to a nice farm upstate. <laughs> it's nice to see hope with the Browns, you know. This is a team that we all we always knew had talent. I mean, last year they probably should have won a handful of games, you know. They obviously went on 16 but they could maybe you could see the seedlings of a nine and seven, eight and eight team next year and what a fun division it's going to be. And when you talked about the Ravens earlier. I mean, that team, I don't want to play them with, with Jackson terrifying as a runner. And that defense is so physical. They made a really good Chargers team look terrible on Saturday. Oh, I, Eric I Weddle,
1: take another lap. I don't care. People were talking about what a jerk he is. Take oh, 40 laps. Cares? Eat it up. Lepid they need they, they need the yeah. <laughs> Ravens.
2: If I'm the Ravens, i take take uh, Wink Martindale's cell phone and i confiscate it. I don't want anybody calling <laughs> that guy because he's going to be a hot – somebody's going to want to hire him, promote him. Him and Vic Fangio. Good job Fangio. he's done with that team. I, I did not want that. to play Baltimore. But the Browns, so happy to see you. Know, – I've been waiting for Njoku to, to do something. He popped with a touchdown, then a very really long catch to, to solve the game away today. Chubb was terrific. Didn't get the touchdowns, unfortunately. Dazzling play at the left pylon just out by a foot. So he got unlucky there, but he – he looked terrific. I agree with you. I think he's first round considerable. Uh, I really would be happier if Kitchen stayed here. I hope Greg Williams hasn't played his way into a head coaching job. I, I was going to right ask man.
0: that question. How, have they backed into hiring Greg freaking Williams as the head coach? I I don't think so. I'm praying that that does not actually happen. Can he go
1: down to Miami? Wouldn't that be a perfect? Like oh, just go God. there. And, that's like a great culture fit.
2: I I guess. I mean, Can't maybe, you
1: see Kiko Alonso and Greg Williams being homies? Tell me Adam
2: Gase, by the way. Tell me. I'll, I want to buy them. If I won the yeah. lottery, I'd buy the Marlins. The Marlins. I'd buy, I'd buy the Marlins, too, so I could disband them. And then I would buy the Dolphins <laughs> so I could fire well, Adam I
1: think Gase. you have to, like, pay out Fergie because she's got...
0: What the hell do we even think about Adam Gase? Because I saw some people talking about this. Like, if, if he gets shown the door, you know, he'll have an offensive coordinator job in, like, five minutes. And
2: I... Guess, like Greg but, Williams, he's doing the Greg Williams plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> All these people want to hire me. Offers, I have ten uh, jobs or eleven jobs, whatever it was.
0: It's but but it's like what what are we doing with the Adam GaSe thing? Like to me, he's made so many wrong decisions as an. But officer. you
1: know what the Dolphins do do? Adam GaSe knows how to. They
2: are do do. You're right.
1: Pull out these gadgety wins Scheme, on a regular yeah. basis, yep. right? And that to me is evidence of of an inventive play calling mine and call, like harkens back to what we saw in Chicago, what was hinted at. And so I'm wondering if, number one, maybe he's just not an HC.
0: That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Or number
1: two, ownership is suppressing... Maybe. Some ideas here. I, I just think hey,
2: look, I don't you think you get a dead Jacksonville team coming your city. You get they don't have anything to play for. They have a second string quarterback or two second string quarterbacks, really. You get to take that team down. It yeah. looked horrible today. That's inexcusable. Yeah. Not just the win and the loss. It's an inexcusable three hours of performance.
0: Yeah. The my thing is just like they have an explosive Young running back and Kenyon Drake—they just never seem to really want to feature him. Devontae Parker, like I, I never—I was never in on Devontae Parker, but I think how how hard they've been on him is a little strange, considering they're not you know just froth with playmakers or whatever. Um when Drake just find out, just
2: you know what—if right. you give
0: him twenty touches, it doesn't exactly. happen. Fine. Well,
1: didn't they, they give him close him. to that today?
0: Uh, the, I mean, but it took it took old Frank Gore, you know, finally biting the dust. To see that happen, and that's and it's funny too because we saw at the end of uh, last Drake, Drake season Drake had
2: all of ten touches today. So I don't, right. I don't. That's you know, I don't yeah. think we found out what he'd do with a with a started workload. I
0: mean, we did find out though at the end of last season, and Drake. Oh, was we saw great. in a
1: month. That is such a, I, but, a small sample size. I get it, like, but he's not an every down back. But, but, and is that's Frank, fine.
2: but is Frank Gore, you're running back in your next and your next playoff team. You know where are you yeah, going with I, that? What do yeah. you? I don't know. What if is you, your if, plan? If, if
1: running back talent doesn't matter and you've got a vet who's still putting up eight hundred yards on a season? And you only have to pay a league minimum for him because he wants to play at home. That's not a bad economic well, choice point. as it's long as you can pay back money elsewhere. Ma-
2: it's not that running back talent doesn't matter. It's that it's not that hard to find a running back with upside. But a running back who's 126 years old like Frank Gore has no upside. You are giving yourself no chance to get lucky with a Philip Lindsay type of player, with a you know, Gus Edwards type of player, with an un- unknown player because you're playing a guy like Frank Gore who's a totally capped ceiling. It makes no sense. Try to get lucky with a player who might be better than you think he is.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like that's Kalen Belage. Kalen Balaj, is a big, maybe playing it is. guy. He, was, he, could, so
2: he couldn't get arrested on this team for three months. You know, uh, he wasn't that's playing fair.
0: either. That's fair. Yeah, crazy. I I just, the, I mean, a bit of a tangent there with Adam Gase, but I just wonder where he really sits in the stock of, like, great, you know, because I feel like he was... The supposed to be Sean McVeigh before Sean McVay, you know, the guy yeah. who was. No,
1: that's Mark Tressman. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um,
2: oh, well, man. <laughs> well, Trestman wore the smart glasses. If you wear like those geeky glasses, I think people think you're a little bit smarter
1: I, than you are. I hung out with Andrew Hawkins, Baby Hawk, a couple of days mm. ago, and he I played with Hawkins. under Trestman uh, for the Alouettes. And I was legit, as a Bears fan, was said, what was the deal with Tressman? Like, just too geeky, could not control the locker room. Offensive mind ahead of his time, he was like 100%. That guy should be an OC in the league, but he let that locker room. Go, I mean, yeah. there were guys who knew they would, you know, be paid ahead of him. So, mm-hmm. it didn't, he just doesn't inspire that kind of <laughs> cojoning.
2: Nice. Was not one of them also in the, on the show like with it. you? I like it. Well, <laughs> was that a conversation in French? <laughs>
1: It, it was not in French, but it was offline. Let's see. What else? Who else do we want to that talk was a about? Direct,
2: that wasn't a conversation. That was a direct message.
0: Well, the, Brown, <laughs> the Browns, though, the fantasy upside in 2019, I think is a great call. I think there's, Absolutely. Of, there's I a lot also, to like here. I was
1: wrong about Baker Mayfield, and I feel like I, I can't stand when people try to hedge their wrongness. In fact, last night over dinner, my husband looked at me. He's like, what do you think of Baker Mayfield? Because, he knew heading into the season, I was like, Meh, I don't know. I really like Tyrod. Like, come on.
0: I like when I like when you are, especially your significant other, asks you a question that they already know the answer to. Like, well so do I want you to really tell me right. how wrong you are. <laughs> and that's I was like, great
1: no, pillow, no. that's great
2: pillow talk. What do you think of Baker Mayfield?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is what that oh, is no what kidding. the Loza household does on a Saturday night. And I said I was totally wrong. Like I, I didn't I didn't appreciate his bravado. I didn't think he'd be able to back it up. He has. Now I love it. And I think frankly, the city of Cleveland needs a little bit of swag and I'm digging it.
0: Yep.
2: I mean he makes back, football back to fun. Chubb really quickly, David Johnson or Chubb next year. I know this is really early, but let's just throw this out there.
0: Well, we got David Johnson talk coming up in the at-me segment. Oh, okay. I mean, here, okay. I'll save that. Here right now, though, I if I had like, yeah, gun to my head right now, i got to make a decision, I think I would say Chubb. Yeah. Just because I'm more Me confident too. in the offensive in- infrastructure.
2: I yeah, the, is- the arrow pointing up, you know, Mayfield I feel good about. I don't know that Arizona has anything really working. Oh, Maybe no. Fitzgerald isn't back. Rosen showed, you know, I'm not going to give up on him, but he showed very little this year. God, <laughs> this is going to be offense.
1: a feud for you and I in 29. I will not. I know I just, like, talked about – Heading away from your first your first take locks, but I refuse to back away from Josh Rosen. <laughs> I'm not doing it.
2: But Scott well, has I mean, whole was... team tennis makes a comeback and you want to take him fine. You <laughs> know?
1: Scott and... has found a
0: way to say, like, I don't know about Josh Rosen. Yeah, every, every podcast I, I, <laughs> every podcast <laughs> I feel like Scott's found a way to I don't know about this Josh Rosen guy. <laughs> Which I get it. Oh, well, look, I mean, it's impossible to even say anything good he about
2: Arizona. He showed his
1: toughness today. You heard that on he broadcast. Little help,
2: little help. I do think yeah. Kirk is an interesting player. That's the guy in Arizona I'll have shares of next year as Christian
0: Kirk. And they probably will be firing Steve Wilkes. I think he'll be one and done. So. Yeah, one oh, what and about
1: done. Bidwell and the other one? Well, Bidwell's in the, the
0: owner, but you but mean the, Kime. The, yeah, Kime. You mean, you Bidwell know, when, and when when owner. He, when uh, he's not out there, you know, getting to forget. Bidwell, the Bidwell the and Kime, Kime that sitting, that sitting you know, they pant him
1: during the broadcast. And like those two, like, just sitting there all doughy looking. I think they glassy eyed.
0: I think Kime probably gets canned too, uh, but that's just
2: a guess.
1: Oh, sure. Let's can them all. Yeah. You
2: Bring know, I you. can't wait to hear if Matt Patricia blamed the media for the Kyle Rudolph <laughs> Hail Mary touchdown. I no, think I the media know. was probably at fault. Really poor posture. Yeah, it's play. the
0: posture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about Steelers and Saints because. There was a lot of consternation on the last episode. I don't know if you guys listened, but Dalton thought that I think Matt, you walked in and you had a little hot take. I believe there was some thoughts that this might underwhelm, that this wasn't the start your dudes game, but in fact, it turned out to be (laughs) everything a fantasy owner would hope for. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, yeah, all the Antonio Brown hate too, right? Like you know, he's really their number two receiver. Oh yeah, that kind of. But you know what,
1: Pianowski, Matt Harmon got his juju revenge (laughs) in the last moments of the game. Hey,
0: I don't, I don't have any negative ill uh, to wish to juju smith schuster but you hexed him i saw it huh no anyways harvin hex
2: the Harmon hex was out
0: no i don't i'm not a hexer <laughs> anyways but steeler saints yeah the, it was a shootout and the antonio brown thing let me tell you that's been on my radar a little bit uh that well, the people are like oh this has the torch been passed to juju uh from a b uh Give no. me, give me a damn no. break! Uh, and look, I, I think some people, well, people want to be
2: first. People want to want to claim it. Sure, their flag down, say that that's mine.
0: And it's funny because you know because they did I a think, pizza be, commercial together. Well, I because I think there there was some reasonable statistical evidence that you could point to to say, hey, Antonio Brown from efficiency perspective uh, perspective is not quite where he has been in recent years, and that's fair. But uh, sometimes Twitter is hard to tell because. I, it's hard to tell. Is this a serious take or is this trolling? Or what's really going on here? But there was definitely some. Some the streets were chirping a little bit about. A is Juju out producing Antonio Brown? And to me, one AB just today. Oh, had, that one-handed. F- oh well, God. of course, but 15 touchdowns now this season. That's the most he's ever had in his career. He finally he hits triple-digit catches for the sixth year in a row. This is the guy's down year. I mean, give me a break. I like Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. He's, he's been more quote unquote efficient, but that's what happens when you're not the ISO X receiver out there. And that's all you're doing is running routes against best corner against press coverage. You're getting targets on the sideline. You're not doing those little layup over the middle routes, you know, as the flanker receiver, the big slot. Like if people can't get that through their heads, that what those two guys are doing is almost completely different from a receiver perspective. I don't know. So that was on my radar a little bit going into this game, but yeah, it was. definitely I also get wrong that Juju,
2: what he's doing at such a tender age, is incredible. I Haven't seen it that many times. It's incredible. So uh, you know, like if people want to, if their take on Brown and Juju wants to be more about how much they love Juju, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, it, I agree. It's funny. It's funny the Saints won this game. I didn't think the Saints played that great in this game, but um, no. they found a way to win. I mean,
0: they had the several game. screw ups. They had several screw ups. You're right. I don't know. This game's on my radar a little bit. Comes would you give Breeze the
2: MVP? I think Mahomes should be the MVP, but I think Breeze might get the Lifetime Achievement Award MVP. If Breeze gets the MVP over Mahomes, I'm going to be pissed. It's got to it be I, wrong pick. It's the wrong pick.
0: Yeah, it's the wrong pick. Like, Breeze, even for most of You've today—
1: You've just insured he will get it. Oh,
0: well, I'm. give me just another reason to get pissed off about something. He should
2: have uh, won it in 2009. <laughs> Manning never should have been the MVP. I go back and forth with Scott Kasmar on this, where Breeze had the better stats. It's like, And then Casmar tries to make it out, well, Manning didn't have any help, which is just preposterous. And by the way, uh, the Colts were favored in that Super Bowl over the Saints, so Manning had plenty of help. Thank you. Breeze had much better numbers. Yeah, That's your year Breeze should have won it.
0: I think if Breeze gets it, it is a lifetime achievement award, and it is very, very incorrect. I think Mahomes has been more dazzling; he's been more consistent. Breeze has had a, kind of an ugly stretch here over the last. I know the the finish line will look good today, but he missed some open throws today for sure. Yeah, and that's didn't not play to, well
2: in that three game road hitch either. Oh know? yeah, I mean no. they they were naming the score for about six or seven weeks, but. Um, and, and when the MVP is not clear, I think how you finish matters. You know, it's it's not this isn't like there's the last always this thing race. People
1: remember is what clinches it for you.
2: Yeah, but it's you know, it's important. And you know, the stuff up for grabs, right? I mean, you know, if the Saints had lost today, you know, maybe they wouldn't have the number one seed, but I I would give it to Mahomes. Um yeah, I would nice to see Ted Ginn back on the field. I know he's not a great fantasy player, those seventy four yards would be useful, but at least it, it gives them just more opportunity to stretch the field out. They haven't really hit on any of their other number two receivers. Kirkwood makes a play now and then in a really soul-crushing drop. Trezón, oh, today. man, I Smith know. has been hurt. Um, You know, their tight ends are, are you know, they're not fantasy factors. I mean, they have a bunch of guys who really would be totally fine number two, number three tight ends. They don't really have a starter there. So it's interesting. This is an offense where when it comes to playoff leagues, you're only going to want to draft the main guys. There aren't the secondary pieces that a Saints offense usually has.
1: Let's talk about, as we head into 2019, fantasy resolutions. In fact, we asked our Twitter followers what some of their resolutions were for the new year. Don't! Uh, Hey, bro! At J Lewis 320 says, no, David Johnson. I would say don't be short-sighted.
0: I 100% agree with you on this, even though I just said right now, today.
1: Between he and Chubb. Between he
0: and Chubb. Yeah, but... I reserve the right to change that opinion by the time we roll around to August drafts because the offensive infrastructure is what matters here right. in Arizona. If they they get their starting center back, they get more offensive line improvements. They add more than a bunch of total jokers in the wide receiver core. They're
1: not burdened by Mike McCoy for the no, bulk right. of the season. Right. Come yeah. on,
0: Yeah, they, they hire a real offensive innovator. They install more of a whatever whatever they're gonna sell us as a Rosen friendly offense is, uh, like Dallas tried to sell us that they were installing a Dak friendly offense, uh, when Alan Hearns was no the
1: receivers, top. yeah, when Alan <laughs> Hearns
0: was the top receiver, uh, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, no, if if the offensive infrastructure changed, I think that I think that David Johnson could be a very good value pick because we know he's good. And I like
1: it, this take actually because this take means that David Johnson's uh, draft stock will be low, and I am happy to scoop value.
2: Sure. Have to take, you get, you could get him in the second round probably. You just get two games all season with a run of 20 yards or more. There's just no splash plays here. I know that obviously everything's working against him. McCoy was a joke. Leftwich wasn't ready for the job. The line is had all sorts of injuries and probably wasn't good to begin with. And, and you know I've talked True. about their quarterback plenty. But Johnson hasn't looked like the same guy to me. I think you can't take him in the first round. And in the second round, I expect to have somebody juicy who I'm excited to pick proactively in a better offense because – Let's let's get down to it. your players on your first two or three players should be on offenses. You're happily investing in. I don't think Arizona, no matter who they hire, is going to be that type of offense next year. I'm not going to take him in the second round. I think that's when he goes.
1: Well, then maybe he'll go in the third. Or now I know what to aim for in Stopa if I'm not relegated because I came in last.
2: <laughs> uh, actually Brad's, Brad's going to be relegated. I don't think Stopa wants to because Brad's so good for the league, you know, from a personality standpoint. Because so. of his
1: point total.
2: Yeah it was by point total. You're not relegated baby. You are in like Flynn. My like point Matt total Flynn. is like
1: is not horrible but my my wins you lost. You're
2: unlucky. There. You you took it very gracefully. You had ridiculously bad luck. Thank you know, there you. Are teams fighting for playoff spots who had like the same amount of points as you did.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's not about me. It's about all of our listeners and at Chirper Jones is resolving to stick with his quarterback longer. Apparently this year he dropped Russell Wilson, a notorious late season surger way too early and could have used him all year. I think this is part of a larger conversation, not just quarterback. I understand why at quarterback, you might, because of the depth of the position, feel like you can drop and move and make moves um, a little bit more quickly. But Keeping a player being married to your bench, that is one of those tricky things in fantasy. Scott, you are an incredible strategist at the game. So what what are your thoughts about that?
2: You know, I love the Chirper Jones name. I'm not crazy about the take. I I don't want to get anchored to anything. I mean, there's something you'd, you'd have to be patient about. You know, if, if Todd Gurley has a couple of bad games, you get to ride it out or Antonio Brown, whatever. But um, quarterback, there's always so many options. I mean, look at the, the quarterbacks who won leagues for people today. I mean, Mayfield and Darnold, you know, two guys who were probably unrosterable in most leagues early in the season. I, I'm not going to get anchored to a quarterback. Russell Wilson's terrific. I don't. I wonder if there's a reason why, I don't know if we've talked about this, about why he's had so many great second half runs and, and, seven, and December runs, although he's not playing well tonight, but he'll probably have good numbers by the end of the night. But I don't want to get anchored to a quarterback. I. That's not something I can get behind. I, I get it when you cut a player. And he, here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. If you never cut or trade away a player and regret it, you're playing far too conservatively.
1: Right. This uh, is something yeah, Matt I and I talk about, right? I'd rather finish last, <laughs> as I've done, or first, but I never really want to finish sixth. Because mm. that's just, that's who, just no who fun. Who cares? What's right, the point? Right. At Vinnie 189 and this is, again, interesting... He is resolved to draft a legitimate tight end. But I pose to the group, what is a legitimate <laughs> tight end?
2: Who? who are they? Show me who yes. they are. I'll draft those guys, Was too. Was Evan
1: Ingram a legitimate tight end? Heading into this season, he looked like he could have been. What about Kyle Rudolph, who scored twice today after not finding the end zone since week three? What about well, Rob about, Gronkowski, how about, how about, who, according yeah. to Matt, is washed? Name me a I legit said, tight I said end.
2: Today, I said today, Tom Brady looks 71. And then I realized, well, that means Gronkowski is 69. <laughs> Very nice. No, no catches. No catches today.
1: In Man, in a so in a day old. where there's no Josh Gordon on the perimeter. I know. It's, I know it's it's sad.
0: The Patriots. Oh God! Like I am going to regret saying this, but I don't fear them at all coming into
2: the AFC playoffs. Like, Neither do I. No the only outside. thing I fear they, is that they're, they're not done. They're great fun. at beating bad teams. They're yeah. great at beating teams that give the game away to them. They can't beat a really talented. I don't know how they ever beat the Chiefs. And they're not going to have the requisite amount of home games. Yeah, the well, Chiefs game it, feels like a thousand years ago. Sure by, does, yeah. by now. Here's the thing, okay? If you want to target a tight end, you can target Kelsey, going to be a second round pick. You can target Ertz, going to be a second round pick. In fact, Kelsey or Ertz, they might even go in the first round of some leagues, especially if tight end scoring is incentivized. George Kittle's going damn early. You know, that days of getting Kittle under market are long gone. You want to pay up for Eric Ebron? You want to pay up for Jared Cook? I mean, who else? Could, who are the tight ends you're going to want if you don't get. Kelsey or Earths, okay, or even Kittle. I Jay guess I don't know who else here you can even feel that confident about.
1: Trey Burton.
2: <laughs>
0: oh my God, Trey <laughs> Burton. I normally don't leave. I don't normally don't feel, like leave fantasy seasons like f- feeling negatively towards players because they don't care. It's not a, it's not a big job, deal. It's, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. But I feel a little salty about Trey Burton because like I had to start. It was one of those things where it just it was not working week after week after week after week. But in one playoff league, I was like, well. I got to start him. Mean, Who else am I going to start? And like knowing that it was going to screw me over, and then it did screw me over. I feel a little salty I'm about that. John, to mark this
2: down, I'm going to want Chris Herndon next year. I'm going to have him on teams. Oh, he's there you go. A, That's he's a nice call. going to be a profile guy for me.
0: That's a nice call. But yeah, I mean, tight ends in in general, it sucks. I don't want to draft that position. Or Jared Cook, he'll, he'll be a free agent this year. He, he's probably going to sign somewhere else. Well,
2: what if somebody said to you next year, they say, hey, Harmon, hey, Loza, I could probably get Kelsey or Ertz in the second round. Are you on board with that? Or would you say, no, just try, try to get lucky. Give me try all those running
1: backs. It. Yeah. I okay. just want all the running backs Yeah,
0: Got to take the I swings at the that. running backs, the, t- the receivers that have like 150 target ceilings. Like all those guys are just going to be so much more valuable than a you, little you just piece be chasing, of mine.
2: You're chasing those positions if you don't get some of them early.
0: Yeah. I mean, That's why I
2: would never take Aaron Rodgers. You know, when Aaron Rodgers yeah. years, he'd go early or Brady or Manning. I, I just, you know, you can't do that because then you're behind a position. Yeah.
0: Exactly, a lot of people added us. By the way, just I'm in Audible here. They added us about, you know, and this is just the the pain of Championship Week. Just like, oh no, I'm not playing fantasy next year. It's too unpredictable. Give me a break, cowards.
1: You know what else is unpredictable? Waking up in the morning. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. You don't know what's going to happen. Like you got to live every oh, I th- day. I thought you
2: meant you wake up and you realize it's like 12:30. That's that's happened to me. Oh, I, I,
0: wish <laughs> oh, I, I wish. I wish. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, Liz. By the way, just a side note. You Instagram messaged me on because I. I'm like a millennial. I posted my avocado toast or whatever on Saturday. when she's like, you're up early. It was like 930. That's not early. It's for you, though. 930. No, you're- no. I'm a, it's always rise and grind season at the Harmon household. When
1: you're I'm, making your here, avocado
0: here's the toast thing too, with,
2: the, with the unpredictable thing about fantasy. Okay. Accept it. Yeah. Total points is more fair. Head-to-head is more fun, okay? If you want the quote-unquote best team to win, run a points league, and good for you. Go score a million points.
1: what kind of life is this? There's an accessibility.
2: Head-to-head is accessible. It brings in some randomness and flukiness. Yeah, there's a little bit of free parking and Monopoly feel to it, which, you know. Matt Parman's probably never played Monopoly. Hey, right? hey,
0: I played a lot of Monopoly back in my day. Right, so right throw
2: some variants in the game. So freaking what? You know what? The best teams win. If you have a really good team and, and you show me a really crummy team, your chan- your chances are a lot better. If you want to best team to win more often, you know what? Two words for you: fantasy baseball. Okay, go <laughs> grind for seven months. <laughs>
1: shocking to me that people are like it's so unpredictable is that what you want in your life you want predictability you want people don't want to lose you want the opening scene from edward scissorhands and suburban give me a break get out of here i and
0: i really personally think and you get know, some
1: umami in your life fools <laughs> I, add some fish sauce i that feel like dirty. every
0: every year we go through this i feel like you know fantasy analysts are going back and forth about how we can change the game to make it better. And
1: oh, stop it. Nobody's doing that. Who's doing that?
0: P- p- you need to sign I, on that. I do that. You need to sign oh, on that God. miserable website called Twitter.com a little more often and inject <laughs> the taste into, into your make vein. the
1: game better? But, but, well, I do like but,
0: starting more guys. I think no. more starters is a good idea. Oh,
1: Christ. We're going to do Super this flags, I agree, thing.
0: I agree with you to, to an extent, Scott, that I, I think that's very true. I think starting more players is good. But I'm, I'm talking from like, how do we get the pre- unpredictability out of fantasy? Right, right. Yeah. How do we weed,
2: weed out the Upsets. We don't want the upsets to happen anymore. It's we want fun. Duke to win every year. Well,
1: you want everybody to run in in um inflatable suits so no one gets hurt either. Like this sometimes you do know, If happen. weird,
0: if weird shit like Derrick Henry's Jacksonville Thursday night Four domination right. or CJ Anderson's. Just explosion today. If you can't get past the like your hurt feelings, going kind of that. Like, don't watch football, also, man. It's like, beautiful. You don't know you know you know watch
2: college football where Nick Saban wins every freaking game. Yeah, right. There you resiliency is the thing. Isn't B. this
1: why we hate the Patriots because it's so predictable? Yes. They they win all the time. Also, yes. if this if the Browns hadn't whiffed a on a million picks, we wouldn't be as geeked about Baker and what they're offering us right now. This is resiliency, people. Stop it. You don't want a tuna fish sandwich for lunch every day, everyone. Once in a while, you want to throw in a hoagie and a maybe a PB and J. Come on, yeah.
0: Sometimes good you fish, want to go to the bowling alley sure. Thursday night and you know, fat kid regressing, <laughs> eat all <the> fried food.
1: <laughs> sometimes really
2: life is all about the <laughs> about the variance.
1: Oh, had himself a Yeah, day. if you don't,
2: and, and you know what? Seriously, if you don't like it, play better, draft better, pick better, waiver wire better. Make better start decisions. Follow better fantasy experts. You know, whatever. It is. In 2019, we're basically
1: better. saying be better. Yeah, well,
0: that be is better. that's another thing that always pops up in these. What are you? What's your resolution for next year? Never listen to the experts ever. Good. Don't listen. No,
1: no, you can listen. You should listen. In fact, you
0: should consume the content. Just don't make your own damn yeah, decisions. It
2: comes down to really simple. Listen to everybody you respect and make your own decision. That's what you should do in life. You, know? you know, there's a bunch of people I respect. They don't decide where I'm going to invest or what I'm going you know what I'm going to do with my life.
1: And if you're really, really into it and you want to check out college prospects, then you should go to our college football experts, Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty and Pete Thamel, because they'll be doing a live edition of the Yahoo Sports College podcast the Friday before the national championship game at the Uproar Brewing Company in San Jose, California. Listen, this show is free to attend. So don't chirp at me that you spent all your money on holiday gifts and booze because there will be tons of prizes, giveaways. Beer specials more and booze. Cu- more, booze, yeah. more booze, right? Beer specials and custom brews for both playoff teams. Go to YahooSports.com dot com slash college podcast RSVP and get more info. That's yahoosports.com slash college podcast.
0: And that's it. Are we to gonna that. go,
1: Harmon? Are we like? Can we all go? Oh, I got that's plans. It. I got
0: plans. No, let's
1: go. Let's go, I, want drink. Let's go I want some custom beer. I want some Alabama themed. Inevitably, Alabama. Predictably, yeah. Alabama themed brews. Look, to be look, look, consumed. look. They get
2: a name for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me I Crim- uh, call me Deacon Blues. That's all I got to say. There we go. It's
1: very poetic. Thank you for closing our 2018, our final Sunday show of the 2018 season. With that, we are taking a week and a half. Oh, yes, we are. So much avocado toast to make. Do
0: Thank- you. Next Sunday, I'm thinking about going and getting brunch and watching football all day and not be in this office. You want to come? You're inviting me? Yeah, well, yeah, I just did.
1: Yeah, kegs and eggs. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Scott, you want to fly in?
0: Yeah, Scott, fly in. Brunch. I'll see what I can do. All right. There we go.
1: Bottomless Mimosas, thank you for sticking with us all year. We'll be back on January 4th. That's January 1, 2, 3, 4th to recap our thoughts on the season. So make sure to listen to that episode. I'm at Liz Loza underscore. FF. that over there. Getting me pumped for brunch next Sunday is at (laughs) Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And all the way in Detroit, holding it down for the Patriots fans is at Scott underscore Pianowski. Thank you for a wonderful year, gentlemen. Cheers.
2: Congratulations.
1: Happy New Year, everyone. Talk to you in 2019 and happy holidays. Hope Santa gets you what you're looking for. We out.